0: Hey guys, it's time for another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to Uncomfortable. Comfortable conversations around uncomfortable topics. Hello and thanks for tuning in to the Uncomfortable Podcast. I'm your host, Debbie Roach. And today I chat to Laurie Coquera, who a few years back called off her wedding. Let me tell you a little bit about Laurie. She is the co-founder and CEO at Spark Creations and Company, Inc., which is a training and development organisation that inspires people and companies to create meaningful cultures and workplaces Laurie is also a certified professional co-active coach and an active mentor for many great organisations such as Futurepreneur Canada, Dress for Success Vancouver, Young Women in Business and Forum for Women Entrepreneurs. She is one busy lady. Now Laurie is also a lover of love and as you'll hear in this particular episode, she is passionate about self-care and self-love. I hope that you love our conversation as much as I did but as always there might be some adult language so when you're listening it's best to pop on those headphones. Enjoy. joining me on the uncomfortable podcast thank you so much for having me I'm already uncomfortable (laughs) and we haven't even started (laughs) it's like oh god oh god what's gonna happen it's all good the premise is to have comfortable conversations around uncomfortable topics um and the topic that you actually had suggested to me is incredibly interesting I think for anyone in a relationship which is pretty much most people Mm -hmm. So, why don't you walk us through the story Mm -hmm. of calling off your wedding?
1: Mm. Where do I start with that? And I, I love that we're talking about it because it is about relationships, whether you're calling off Uh, you know, your job (laughs) or breaking up or Mm -hmm. ending kind of... that. It was about ending the relationship that was really scary. And I think the big part of calling off a wedding is that you have so much already invested in it. You've got the ring, you've got everything booked and the invitations, and everyone's excited. Like, people get excited about a wedding, and then you decide Uh oh like this is not something I actually want to do. So leading up to that, I wonder if I should maybe talk a little bit about like my relationship with him. So uh, I was in a relationship before and then I had gone through a really bad divorce and that divorce, you know, was so so hard it brought me to a level in my life that i never experienced it Mm -hmm. but what came out of it is that like we created spark because i went to see a coach learn more about myself and through that experience we created the women's retreat and all of that but before that happened i had a year off and i just really wanted to spend time with myself and then there was this wonderful guy that came along And he kind of just came at that time where, you know, I was still learning about myself. We hadn't really started Spark, like I was in this moment of just self-discovery. So whether I was ready or not, I don't know, but he came Mm -hmm. into that, he was just there at that time. And I I look back now thinking that he served a a purpose in my life. He kind of brought me back to life. But then when I was alive again, I realized it wasn't the the person Mm -hmm. I wanted to spend the rest of my life. Funny thing how that happens, right? But I wanted to share that we had, um, you know, he had come into my life. We were together for about four years. And then, you know, I think in the relationship, I was just kind of going with the flow, right? Because I had just gone out of another relationship and I just wanted something to be successful. I Mm -hmm. just wanted to have happiness. Like I just wanted to prove to myself, yeah, I can make something work. And, uh, and that this is this was the guy to do it. He was a stable person, you know, good job, good, good God, on paper. Good on paper. And and you know, when I look when I even think about him now, he's still a really amazing human being and came from a really good family. And I fell in love with the family unit and just the stability of it all mm. and the strong foundation because coming from my past. So all of that looked, really nice on paper but also felt good. We started to build a life together. We built a home. We started renovating, buying furniture, like just everything that you think you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was checking off a box. This is picture perfect relationship. Yeah. And then the moment came and then he asked me to marry me. And right? the thing that was so funny is that up until then I was always like, When are we gonna get married? When are we gonna get married? Mm-hmm. Because I'm also the kind of person that felt that I needed th- this label or this yeah. thing that needed to be done in order for me to feel secure because I'd come from a broken relationship and for me f- at that time felt like well, the next thing would be to get married have a baby, you know, move he wasn't ready to have a baby I could have skipped the whole marriage thing because mm-hmm. I had already gone through it he's like, nope, we got to do it the right way so I finally waited up until, you know, four years but then the moment that he asked me
0: something changed mm-hmm. How did you feel? Do you remember how you felt in that moment? I really felt nothing. This mm. is the thing. Like,
1: I, I I, was reflecting on why am I not excited about it? Why am I not, like, thinking, oh, my gosh, this, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Instead, I was, I, I just didn't feel anything. Yeah. It was just this indifference, and that made me curious. Like, I should really be, like, calling everyone being really excited and and really sharing with the world. And there was hesitation there. Mm. And that's when I started to think, okay, why is this happening? Why am I feeling this way? Uh, And that's when things started to, you know, I started to see signs in myself of not moving as fast Mm. into the planning, not wanting to send the invitations, not wanting to, you know,
0: get a dress like everything everything that a lot of people dream about doing totally right yeah so you said yes I'm Mm -hmm. assuming because then you did go on to do the preparation I did so the way that he asked me we
1: were in Mexico on a trip and I didn't have a clue that he was going to ask me during that time, which is kind of weird because sometimes I'm, I'm you know, I kind of just like was waiting. Maybe this is the mm-hmm. moment, right? Like th- some people get really excited and they're always like, oh, you know, he looks like he's nervous or, you know, I- I'm always usually, but this time I didn't because we were about to go on a zip line and this is the <laughs> longest zip line that you could do in, in this part of Mexico. So we're, we're doing it together because this is a couple's one. And they're strapping us on, and I still don't notice anything about him um, as he's preparing. But apparently at this time, he's already signaling. He's already telling the people that he's going to do this. And I had no clue. I'm just like in the moment, just getting strapped on onto this harness, and we're going to do this zip line. So we're going down the zip line, and it's super loud. It's like, Like, you know, it's like ringing in the ear. And he's like, will you marry me? And I'm like, What? He goes, will you marry me? I'm like, what? And then I was like, oh, my God. And then by that time, I haven't even answered yet, we hit the end of the, the zipline and went a boom, like we kind of like crashed into yeah. it. And then I'm still in shock. They, they, they you know, they took us down. And he's like, so? I said, yes <laughs> you know like it's like so weird that you're asking yeah. me if we are on the zip line i'm like oh and then everybody kind of clapped and then we kind of went down and i was like oh my gosh did it really happen and there was no ring yeah the ring was going to be when we get back home of course
0: i don't think you want to pull it totally ring a i know line. i know yeah. you don't want to do that but but <laughs> even
1: after the zip line like he didn't bring anything kind <laughs> of expensive right for sure uh so that's kind of how it happened and so it was it was a sh- it was a shock, and then it sunk in, and then that's when it started to feel mm. not so good. And this is what I'm realizing with something like this is that I didn't really know that it wasn't right for me until he asked. Mm. That's really interesting. Yeah, because I'm yeah. thinking like, had he not asked me to marry him, and we just kept going the way we would in our life, would would I still be with him? Yeah it had to have be it had to be this big question for something to sort of shake me in my core to realize wait a minute are you really ready to jump out of that plane or you know step into this marriage like the
0: level of commitment kind of just stepped up exactly you weren't ready for that yes so how long so you kind of went on to continue planning the wedding, mm-hmm. and then at what point? How close to the wedding were you when you thought, okay, no, I need to stop this now? Yeah. So
1: we got engaged in October, and then you know things started to fall into place. You know, we you know his mom was really <laughs> mm. <laughs> my future mother-in-law was really involved, and and the funny thing is, is I had experienced something similar in my previous marriage because mm. both of them fr- were Filipino as well, okay. and, and traditionally. And, cu- and culturally mothers-in-laws and, and my mom could have been involved too but she's not a traditional Filipino mom yeah. she's like you don't have to get married you don't have to have kids like she's so <laughs> completely the opposite but these two were really involved in wanting to have it a certain way mm-hmm. and I think that also triggered something in me thinking oh my gosh like I had that feeling when I first got married that I probably shouldn't have gone through it but I still went through it because the invitations were out and like we were spending all this money so we we have to go through it mm-hmm. and here i am again in the same scenario and i could go through it again like everyone else and like i did the first time or i can actually stand up for myself and do what's right and feels good for me but to to get from that that feeling of uncertainty to like certainty that i was going to make that decision took a while it it took a while of me avoiding a lot of different mm. Um, activities that were wedding activities like the mom was like when are you going to get the wedding I'm like I'm getting it today I'm going to go this weekend when are you sending the invitations and when did it like there was so much of follow-up and I knew my resistance was just getting stronger and stronger so there was a moment actually uh, I went through my coach training and it's from the CTI, the Coach Training Institute. Okay. And it was in one of those weekends where the, one of the master coaches had me come up to the front of the room. And they were going to do a demo. And everyone could feel that something was up with me. So mm-hmm. they're like, we want Lori to be up in the front. So they kind of voluntold me, you're going to be that person. They are like, okay, fine. So I sit in there, and she's like sitting across from me just like you are. And she's a master coach, and she's going to do this little um Kind of experiment, not uh, like a an actual approach, right? Mm-hmm. Methodology, which is called process, which is really about metaphors and and really embodying it. So she goes through this metaphor, and she's starting to feel that, like maybe describe how you're feeling. I said, I feel like I'm in this cocoon, mm-hmm. and I'm and I've been healing in this cocoon, but now I'm like transforming into a butterfly, and I want to just break out. She goes, show me you want to break out of it. I'm like, so I, I kind of like punch in the in air like as if I'm. Pretending, I'm, I'm trying to get out of this cocoon, and then she's like, "Step out of the cocoon." So I step out of the cocoon, and right now, all my coach, uh, my my coach uh, students, the people that I'm taking uh, yeah. the program with, are sitting on the ground like like a kindergarten school yeah, listening. Just like They're just and waiting, and to see what's what's going on, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm breaking out, I'm breaking out, and she says, "What do you want to do now?" I said, "I feel well." She goes, well, "How do you feel?" I said, "I feel free." And what do you want to do now? I said, "I need to call off my wedding."
0: Oh shit! Yeah.
1: That was that was the moment that I had realized that the metaphor of me breaking out of the cocoon and that 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 guy I was going to say his name that guy that I was with had been healing me. He was like my cocoon, mm-hmm. and but now I was ready to break out of the cocoon, spread my wings. But I was now in a kind of a different place. That yeah. I am a different person now. And, uh, so', so it's
0: like you said he came into your life for a reason.
1: Yeah, he did at that moment. Um, I wasn't even because I wasn't quite ready when he came into my life, mm-hmm. and I think I sort of just thought, well, he's a good person. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, he, he he he's gonna take care of me. I have nothing to worry about. He's completely the opposite of the other person and reliable, dependable. Why wouldn't I marry this guy? Right. It's like you have to convince yourself. But I had to convince myself. Mm. I never really had the butterflies as I had in previous um, relationships. This one sort of just like, oh, well, it's it's good. You know, it's a mm-hmm. good thing. I might as well just kind of go with it. And sometimes that's what happens. You, you get used to a job or a relationship or a friendship where everything just seems kind of good. It's not exciting, but it's just, you know, good. Nothing's bad. We never yeah. fought or anything. But so some people... Will have a really good life in that and continue on to that. Or, for me at that time, I realized I wanted so much more and mm-hmm. I wanted to do so much more. So I knew he wasn't the right one for that.
0: Yeah. So then you had to tell him.
1: Oh, and that's the that was the craziest part. So after, yeah. so when I was getting coached, part of our coaching experience is that they, there's an action item. So the coach, the master coach, said, "So Lori, what are you going to do?" I said, "I am going to go home right after this." you know, this workshop, and I'm going to tell him and his parents. And they're like, okay, and how will we know that you did that? I said, I will email all of you on Monday morning once it's done. Oh, wow.
0: So you had an accountability, not just one accountability partner. 30 30 people. Can you imagine being the audience, like being the
1: participants or like my, my fellow students looking at me going, Wow. What, you know, are you really going to do this? Like this is a pretty big deal yeah. that you're going to call off a wedding. Like everyone was in shock, but everyone was waiting for that email. So when I then went back home and I left, I was like freaked out. I was like, "Oh my gosh, what did I do? What did I commit to? Am I really going to do this?" But because there were there were so many of them that cared about me and held me accountable, I kind of called in their energy. Mm. I pretended that they were actually in the room with me, and I had the conversation with him first, and it was not good. He he did not want to um, break up. Yeah, and uh, maybe a few after a few hours, eventually he, he said, okay, fine, let you know I'll, if this is what you want. So we went straight to his parents' house, and both his parents. Usually, the mom is really talkative and then the dad is quiet and then they're kind of in their little sections of the mm-hmm. living room and things were different that day they could feel because we are sitting on the couch we're holding hands and we're like okay are we doing this are we doing this like who's gonna say it first and how are we gonna bring yeah. it up he's like don't worry I'll bring it up so then I said so they're like looking at us are you guys what's going on with you guys yeah, are you they gonna can say feel some, the end or they can feel it they, yeah. we look weird right we're just sitting there with these this kind of a weird shock face uh, and so so he says, we want to share something with you. But before we do that, uh, Laurie, can I talk to you first? So he brings me back upstairs mm-hmm. to his parents' room and we talk. And he's like, are you sure this is really what you want to do? Like, can, is there any way that we can change is Like, you know, I, I, you know, I've loved you for so long because I guess he had a crush on me before. He's mm-hmm. like, I really want to make this work. And I said, no, we already made the decision. You already agreed we're going to do this. So then, another twenty half an hour, you know, twenty minutes, half an hour later, we oh. go back down the stairs, and, and they've the par- been waiting. They've been waiting. Oh. So the parents are there. We're looking at them. We're holding hands, and then we tell them. And I basically said, we're we're ending our relationship. We've come to a decision, and it's not it's not going to work. And then now the mom becomes quiet, the one who's really really wow. talkative. The dad's like, well, tell me what's happening. Are, you know, is there another person? Um, what happened? Did you guys have a fight? Can we, can we maybe see a counselor to fix this? Like, what have we not tried? Like, they were really trying to mm. kind of find other ways to make it work, um, but it was, it was really hard. And I just kept holding his hand and saying, our decision's final. We, you know duh, 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 and I just kept repeating it repeating it yeah. repeating actually it kind of reminds me sometimes like when I was like doing um a termination which is really hard for me being in, in HR yeah and I I would just have to you know as much as possible create the space for them to feel that I still cared but at the same time the decision's been is has been made it's final mm-hmm. and you just have to kind of repeat yourself until they really hear it yeah until it sinks in yeah And that conversation happened after we already sent the invitations. So, and and that's like again, it was a trigger. Once I sent the invitations, Mm -hmm. I felt like okay, and that's why then it would happen to do the coaching workshop right after I sent the invitation so then we had to then send an email out sometime that week to say hey we just sent the invitations out and at the same time we've come to this decision and if you have any questions let us know but give us the time and space for us to sort of figure things out as we go through this process and I'm sure tons of people called him tons of people called me yeah and it was crazy and what was the reaction from most people well his parents not good Mm. and probably his side of the family not good his his friends were all shocked for sure. Um, and my friends, too. I don't mm-hmm. think anyone knew that it was going to happen. Uh, and and even if they did feel there wasn't 100%, like maybe certain people can see from the outside their relationship isn't 100%. I don't think they would have seen that. But maybe some people would think that. It's still a shock. Oh, yeah. In the moment that su- that a couple or a person would actually do that, like yeah. say that you know and even if it was a few months before the actual date his family had already booked tickets wow. from all over the world including the philippines to come so they still came on our wedding day kind of week and they then had a family reunion instead oh wow okay well, i guess that's good they could turn <laughs> it around into something I think so but can i tell you <laughs> on the day of i did receive a call Because one person didn't get the memo.
0: Oh, no. Did they show up? (laughs) They showed up. The reception. They were
1: there. And they're like, um, uh, like, Lori isn't there supposed to be a wedding or something like did did we go to the different locations so then I had to tell and and this was a friend of theirs that they were Mm -hmm. supposed to follow up on I said maybe you want to call them that family and then so they they did and I think they ended up going to their house because they're all dressed up they had gifts you know Mm -hmm. like they're all thinking they were going to this special thing so they went to their family instead and I guess they had to Had to talk about it.
0: Wow, wow. (laughs) What a story. Now, (laughs) I know it's like I can't imagine. I mean, I've gone through breakups, but never had to kind of call off a wedding or anything. But at the same time, I actually understand how you felt because I was in there's been a couple of relationships I've been in where they've been great people wonderful you know human beings that I cared for deeply but I just knew it wasn't right and I know how hard it is to walk away Mm -hmm. so the fact that you did that when you were so far into your wedding because a lot of people would just go for it and convince themselves and his his
1: parents wanted me to they Mm -hmm. said why don't you just go with it Give it a year. And I said, so what about if I then break up after a year? Don't you, you know. think that that's worse? That yeah. we went through the whole process and then I, I go through the divorce?
0: Yeah, and that's not fair on him either or you. It's not fair on either of you. And yeah. that's something I always thought, you know, when I went through a breakup, when I kind of realized, and there's been times it's taken me years to break up with someone. Again, because I felt they're good on paper. I've convinced myself. And uh, once I do it, I'm like, why... <sighs> Why didn't I do that earlier because I feel like I put that person through years of me not really fully being in love with them and that's not fair Mm -hmm. it wasn't fair to them so how did you feel once you had told him I felt awful you know I uh, and I still feel awful
1: like today Mm -hmm. I mean it's been seven years because that was in 2012 And it's still, you know, I still think about how I hurt him and how I hurt his family. And at the same time, I could have hurt myself too. Mm -hmm. And I've already done that the first time. So while while I still have, you know, sometimes the feelings of guilt and shame, and embarrassing my mom and my dad like our fam- I, you know I was representing my family too mm-hmm. and they felt bad that their daughter was doing this to this family and it was it was known in the community like with their community in the Filip- Filipino community in Vancouver is quite small so people started to talk about that and mm-hmm. that's the, the worst thing that you ever want to do especially in our culture is to have done something where like everybody knows about it yeah. and now I'm kind of, you know, known as this person that that would have done that to somebody and it's not good. And so, but at the same time, I I had I not done that, I probably wouldn't have quit my job and started Spark and gone all in. Yeah. That moment when I had the courage to choose me over pleasing everyone else gave me the strength to do like almost everything that I've done so far wow wow yeah it was a very pivotal moment because I Mm -hmm. because I had so much regret the first time not calling off the wedding the first time and going going through that experience even though I know in hindsight that that was actually I had to go through that for me to be where I am today it was still really difficult but yeah it's hard to make a decision when you want to please or you don't want
0: to hurt anybody yes or you don't want to let down anyone it sounds it's a huge lesson in boundary setting yes i think yes um i myself i'm a people pleaser so i understand that just kind of con- you're concerned you don't want people upset hurt you want to do everything to not let that happen but sometimes you just have to put yourself first mm-hmm. and and That's Hard. why I'm writing that in that book. <laughs> yes, and yeah, so you are writing your book. um are you still calling it love? Yeah, love it's it's still. still it's called love first.
1: The rest will Perfect. follow. And this is th- a great example mm-hmm. of when I loved myself first and not to feel bad about it because yeah. a lot of the the lessons that I think we've shared along the way in the past is if you take care of yourself first, it might seem selfish in a way, Mm -hmm. or that you're, you know, that you're only thinking about yourself versus other people. I want to somehow reframe that where it's not that you were being selfish. It's actually, if you take care of yourself and you, and you love yourself and you lead from that place, then you get to show up more authentically and in a more kind of, um, stronger, more confident Mm -hmm. person. And that's what people want to see in all areas of their life. We don't want to see someone who is second guessing or doubting or or, or holding back mm-hmm. and loving first is really about that and so that's going to be in, in 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 the book and and. Uh I love that you were saying that, right? That's when you loved yourself first. Yeah. And that was, that's the reason why I wanted to share that yeah. in the book. So when are you hoping for your book? I know you're still <laughs> oh, writing. I <laughs> well, I've re- I restructured it. So uh, I had to go through different phases. Actually, the first book that I wrote, I, I completed it. And then I realized that there were some stories in there that were really meant for me. Mm. and I But I really needed to write it out to acknowledge it in yeah. order for me to open up. So the process of writing a book, I really highly recommend it for everyone. Yeah. Whether you publish it or not, write your story. Yeah, because your story is unique, it's special. It allows you to dig deeper to understand who you are today by looking at your past and then l- looking at the lessons that you learned along the way. Because mm-hmm. you know, when I think about my past, I used to think that I, I had a really, really heavy life, and and th- there might be parts of it that was really dark. You know, and you know go- going through my childhood now I look at it as if, if I didn't go through that, they all connect. If I didn't go through that thing and that thing right. and that thing, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have led me to spark. It wouldn't have led yeah. me to my life today or even my, I wouldn't be prepared to be the partner I am for my partner had I not gone through that. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's, it's funny you said that because I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. I don't know if you are too, and no spoilers in this, but it was just one thing. Um, in one of the episodes uh, that Sansa says to the hound, she's talking to the hound and he said, you know, you could have come with me and I would have protected you. And... And uh, he used to call her Little Bird. And, uh, you know, you would have... This wouldn't happen to you. And all the trauma that kind of happened to her throughout the series, he's saying that wouldn't have happened. And she said, yeah, but without all of that, I wouldn't be who I am today. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a Little Bird anymore. And Mm -hmm. I loved that. I think that was one line that I took away that just... I thought was so powerful in that whole season Yeah, um, I thought it was great so yeah it's kind of it's similar you look back and For it sure. shaped you
1: it definitely shaped me and you know I want to thank that human both both mm-hmm. men the, both guys that I was in relationship to, the first one where I went through that and went through a divorce and then also the second one when I went through you know that experience and then and and transforming and then you know moving on so those are, I want to thank them if they're yeah. even listening to that because uh, it made me stronger, it made me who I am, and I am the person I am today because I went through those experiences. Yeah, yeah.
0: So now you are with someone else, yeah. Um, so what does marriage mean to you now? Yes, okay. So I'm a hopeless
1: romantic, <laughs> <laughs> I love rom coms, and so does my guy, yeah. and at the same time so I'm open like I'm open if, if he said he wanted to get married I'd go through it just because I, I'm a hopeless romantic mm-hmm. and I, I, I still see the value of you know, making a commitment and sharing it with our family. And I don't know if it's really the actual marriage contract or is it that I just want a big party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just want to invite all my friends. Yeah. Which you, know, you can do. Which I, I can do without getting away. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So so that's definitely possible. And at the same time we've decided in our relationship because he came from another um he went who was married as well mm-hmm. and that didn't work out. And so both of us have had those experiences. If we had stayed in our relationships, uh, in those marriages, I, maybe the the act of being married would have been stronger and more mm-hmm. significant. But because those those marriages ended, we're like, okay, you know, what is it? Because if if marriage is supposed to be, you know, forever and ever, is it? And it's not. So why do we need to get married? That's mm-hmm. just our perspective on it. Yeah. The other thing is that we feel if we're always thinking we're like still in this dating kind of mode or dating mentality then we're always going to be in more invested not mm. not to say that mm. marriage would then uh create um complacency yeah but it has happened and it has happened for him and so that's just kind of how we decided to kind of move forward in our relationship is that we would come into the ra- relationship every day would be like present you know we're going to yeah. go you know as if we're it's our first time meeting yeah, yeah. like <laughs> first yes, date. First date, yeah, yeah. Yesterday <laughs> we had we had a beautiful day where we were just walking along the beach, we had no plans. We left our phones and you know it was just one of those days that it was just natural and that would have been like a first date it felt like a yeah. first date actually so that's how we've decided but i still believe in marriage you know mm-hmm. i think that there, my mom got remarried and she's okay. 72 oh, amazing she found love again so and she's excited about it she believes yeah. in marriage and it, it made her feel
0: uh, a more connection with her husband now yeah, yeah. that's awesome i mean i'm I'm kind of very torn and I don't know if I've talked to you about this like my partner and I have talked about getting married but at the same time we're both kind of like well do we need to it doesn't Does really mean anything more than what we're in right now so we're still trying to figure out if that's like something we feel we need to have for me I think I would just love the fact to be that I would be his wife and that just makes me one step closer. But again, maybe that's how I've been trained, which kind of brings me to like the next point. And, you know, when you were talking about, I wanted to get married and like check off that box because it was a status thing and that's how I felt. Like, do you think your mindset now has changed um, from back then when you had probably, you know, just kind of gone by, how society views women and what we should think and should do to now being kind of more free and open and you know not really caring what other people think yes definitely all of that yeah yeah
1: yeah, it's, it's it's exactly what you were sharing because I also grew up in an environment as a little girl, that one day I was going to get married. Right? It, it, it's I don't know what age they start talking yeah, about marriage, yeah. but it's always been something that I always knew that someday uh, I would get married. I would get into a relationship, you know, maybe date. And then after I finished school, I would, you know, get my degree and then marry someone, get a house, then have a baby. And and it's so strong in our culture, in our the people that I'm in, um, growing up with, that every time I went to a party, they're like, when are you going to get engaged? Mm-hmm. First of all, it's like, when are you going to school? What are you doing taking to school? When are you graduating? Then, you know, who are you dating? When are you going to get married? When you get, And once you get married, when are you going to have a baby? Yeah it's just like constant. And it's just, yeah, and how do you break free from that? Yes. And me calling off the wedding was an opening because my mom didn't want me to quit my job either after being there for eight years to start a new business. And that first year that I had the business, we, we didn't, you know, it didn't go so well. It almost yeah. took another job. I even had to bother, borrow money from my mom. So she's yeah. like, I told you you shouldn't have quit your job. Why would you do that? And then so I, it's constantly having to prove that this, this nor, this not normal, but I guess what society considered mm-hmm. as this blueprint of a life, this path, mm-hmm. that there's other ways to do that. And I think yeah. that's what the day and age is today. It's like, you know, we've got pronouns now. We've mm-hmm. got We've got different ways and diversity of of people and trying to be more inclusive but giving giving people their own voice. It's so important. So I think we have to find what define what success is what happiness and fulfillment is for us and be strong enough to, to just live through that. We yeah. have so much so much more that we that our parents didn't have. They only had the one path back yeah. in the day.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, I think that's such a powerful message. I mean, it's gotten to the point, thankfully, for me and my family, that's, they don't really, not that they don't care, but if I didn't get married, other than the few aunts who just really want an excuse for a party, <laughs> <laughs> the rest of my family are quite happy with you know, whatever I decide to do. But yeah, growing up, it was just kind of expected that that's what would happen. And I mean, I was raised Catholic too. So I feel, I mean, maybe, maybe not. It was a lot kind of stronger for us, like, you know, no sex before marriage, or at least you don't live with the person before you get married, but, that there's this particular way that you have to do it. And I finally kind of realized that that was... Bullshit for me. (laughs) So, if there's people out there, then that's what they want. Then that's great. But it just didn't seem to be how I navigated life, and and I'm, you know, still sometimes struggle with being okay with that. Like I'm. 37 and I really want to be a mum but I'm like oh god I'm 37 and I only have this time and this is an expectation or is it or what if I didn't have kids and having to kind of decide you know do I want to go down that route of what society expects me to do or do I want to take a different one well for the longest time even when I
1: when I got into the second um, relationship I wanted a baby in the first one Mm -hmm. thank god I didn't have one Mm -hmm. because it didn't work out but I kept pressuring like let's just have a baby. Let's forget about getting married. And then, you know, he, he wasn't ready to do that. He wanted to do it sort of, you know, by the in book. order. Yeah, in order, get <laughs> engaged, get married, and then have a, have a kid. But I was like trying to think, did I really want to have a kid? Or was that something else that was, again, people asking me about the kid and then mm-hmm. maybe influencing me well if they're asking me about the kid maybe that's what I'm supposed to be doing because everyone else is doing it or whatever yeah. and so I, I feel you because I think it's a, it's a genetic thing I think there's some generational genetic thing that's been passed on to us because yeah. I still have moments even in my current relationship I'm like why aren't we married? Like everyone else is getting married. Yeah. Like shouldn't I? Shouldn't we get married? And then he, then you know, we'd have this long conversation. But we already talked about. I'm like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> and that comes from a place of scarcity because mm-hmm. I'm trying to compare myself yeah. with other people. Yeah. And then when I start doing that, it comes from fear and second guessing on what's really truly the commitment that we have for each other, the love that we have each other. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, defined under this
0: mm-hmm. society contract yeah and I even find you know um like I I don't want to if I do get married I don't want to change my last name Mm -hmm. and I had even to my atheist boyfriend who I love so much um who's kind of like not bothered whether we get married or not um when I said that to him he was like you don't want to change your name and I was like no I like my name yeah, that's the one thing I will not change. Plus, I don't want to have to change all my credit cards, my passports, my driver's license, like all the work that comes with that. No. And I was quite surprised that he, even though he didn't really care to get married, it wasn't something that was big for him. He was like, oh, but you won't change your name if we do get married. Mm-hmm. So I find that quite funny that there's still, you know, the opposite sex still have this idea of okay if we do get married there's still these things that have to be done and uh, that was something that I had to kind of set a boundary
1: and where do we on. get that from right I know. Like we were all born in this world with a blank slate mm-hmm. somehow somebody in our lifetime mm-hmm. said that we had to have the same last name yeah, or that we had to marry even you know an opposite sex when it's not really necessary now, right like you can yeah. be with whoever you want to be yeah. and be whoever you want to be yeah. but there was this yeah, it was such a strong. Someone mm-hmm. influence something, or someone, or a group of people influenced
0: us, or we saw it on TV or yeah. a movie. Yeah, right. You know. Well, I mean, you've got what say yes to the dress, all these you know relationship reality TV shows yeah. that people love, and I mean, okay, it's fun to watch. I won't lie, yeah. <laughs> but. I think that we don't realize how much that kind of sticks in mm-hmm. our brain and, yeah. like, plants Unconsciously. It's Unconsciously, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Subconscious totally. Subconscious part of our brain. Yeah.
1: It's, it's quite frightening. Yeah. Well, that's why we <laughs> talk about biases, right? Mm-hmm. We don't even know all the biases that we have. That's a yeah. bias to mm-hmm. say, oh, I'm supposed to change, you know, my last name or 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 the opposite. Yeah. So, and that's the tricky part because everyone yeah. is so different and how... But I think that, I think for me, it's just it's more checking in to see who really who you are and what you want in your life, Mm -hmm. right? Learning more about your values and then and then hopefully be having the courage to have conversations and let's just talk about it. Why is that important to you? Why is this important to me? How do we kind of find a
0: a happy medium? Yeah, yeah, like a common ground kind of thing. So what advice would you give to people who are potentially like in a relationship but they're not happy but are in a similar space to what you were in Mm -hmm. when you were about to get married? Okay. So there's,
1: there's... Yeah, because everyone's relationships are going to be different but Mm -hmm. maybe there's a sense of of um, just un- uncertainty. Maybe you're feeling a little bit doubtful. Uh, and I know a lot of people g- coming, you know, they come, I don't know if there's a seven year itch or whatever, but there's mm. sometimes people mm-hmm. get into a relationship and they start to kind of question. And it's natural, let's just say, first of yeah, all, that yeah. it's natural for you to check in uh, all the time to see if you, the decisions that you're making or the people that you're with. Or that even friends that you're surrounding yourself with are still lifting you up that still bring you joy that still yeah. fulfill you. And my my advice or my yeah, my, my advice would be to check in on that. you know like get curious about w- your feelings because mm-hmm. emotions are data. they're they're information that you're not you don't need to react to everything. We just have to go oh, I am not wanting to send that invitation. <laughs> why, why is that? Mm-hmm. Why don't I want to go to that um, you know, d- you know, search for wedding dresses or why am I not as excited to go see his family for a family dinner? Like just mm-hmm. get curious about it and then if there is someone that you care about that you trust that you can have a conversation with. I mean, I would suggest having the conversation with your with your partner. Yeah. If, if at all possible, but I know sometimes That doesn't feel comfortable but that's already something then yeah (laughs) if you don't feel comfortable to talk to your partner then like that get curious about that yes but I think open communication is also really good and then being really grounded like check in to see why that um, is meaningful
0: for you so that when you have the conversation you can share Mm -hmm. why
1: this is important to you yeah
0: no, I think that's really powerful. Curious to know, did you have someone that you had talked to prior to, other than your coaching group, even prior to that? Was there any of your friends or family that kind of knew that you weren't 100%?
1: Yeah, I did talk to my mentor. Hmm. And I can't remember if I talked to her before or after. I feel like it probably like was around the same time or maybe even that same week. It mm-hmm. seemed that it was kind of bubbling. Um and she came in, and you know I meet with her often, and she's been my mentor f- forever. Stephanie Milliken, love you. And I started to share, but I didn't know what I wanted to share. Hmm. And I, I was I was kind of saying, well, you know, I'm I'm not sure. And she's like, Can I tell you that I called off my wedding? Hmm. And I was like, Oh, so it's possible? <laughs> I know someone that's actually done it. Yeah. And she's survived, and she's okay, and she's with you know the love of her life and that and that helped me sort of get more gain more um, confidence or just more courage yeah. to do something similar but i probably talked to a whole bunch of friends and i think it's really important for you to surround yourself with people uh, that you that care about you and that are always have your back and mm-hmm. so i probably connected with my sisters as well i mean there's not my parents
0: but definitely, hmm. my sister, maybe a, f- a few friends, and then my mentor. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, important to have yes. support yes. around you for sure. Well, Laurie, thank you so much for sharing your story. But before we wrap up, I'd love you to tell us a little bit about Spark because it seems to, like that you reach Spark after all of this. Yes. You know this amazing journey that you went through, and mm-hmm. Spinal Spark is a huge part of your life, so I'd love you oh, to share you. a little bit, if you're, if you're willing.
1: Sure, sure. I w- I'll share a little bit about uh, Spark. So Spark, we are a training and development organization, and we help individuals, teams, and organizations really elevate their human spirit, elevate their workplace experience, and it actually started off as a women's retreat and that women's retreat was was the start of everything not just for my business partner but just in general like learning more about ourselves because we were doing those retreats and learning with the women like during the same time like I'm sitting here facilitating but I am just learning about my values mm. too so it was it was really a neat experience and then from that place we realized that a lot of this conversation around values and purpose And really living a more authentic life can be shared within the workplace. It's been it's been tricky you know the first couple years people are like what I don't want to talk about my values Mm -hmm. and my purpose at work that's personal but now we're in a in a kind of a stage in our society where people realize they want more and they want to feel more connected to themselves as well as their team and to create psychological safety and trust and all of those human things is is to humanize the culture or humanize the workplace so that's really what we're doing, kind of individually as a team and organizations. And it's it's been a we have seven people. It's almost eight years, wow. and we're loving we're loving it. Yeah. It doesn't feel like work because again, I I am committed as a human being to to doing this work mm-hmm. as m- for myself, but also for other people. I truly just want them to feel loved at the end of the day and to be seen.
0: Amazing amazing well i am very excited for your book no pressure i know you're still in the writing process yes, yes. but as soon as that is done please let us know and i'll sure. make sure to to post it on social media so that people see that and post it in our show notes but it was a joy talking to you thank you so much thank you so happy to be here Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed listening to Laurie's story, then I highly recommend that you follow her over on Instagram at Laurie C8 and at Spark Creations. Make sure to keep an eye out for her upcoming book, Love First, The Rest Will Follow. You can also find out more about Spark Creations and the amazing work that they do over on their website, sparkcreationsinc.com and I will post all the links in our show notes. As always, I'd love to know what you thought of our conversation. Head over to the comments section on our website, uncomfortable.blog, or on any of our social media channels. We are on Facebook and Instagram at uncomfortable.blog and Twitter at uncomfy underscore podcast. You can support our little podcast by signing up to be a patron and pledging a small $2, $5 or $10 a month so that we can keep on running. Visit uncomfortable.blog forward slash donate for more information. Thanks again for tuning in. Now get out there and get uncomfortable.